everybody. Welcome back to Full Circle Reviews. Kristen's hosting tonight, joined by Luke. Hi, that's me. And Justin. Hi. Tonight we've watched War Dogs, which was a 2016 movie. It is about an arms deal. And uh, it's it's categorized as a dark comedy or a dramedy. Really? Dramedy. Yeah. That is interesting. As a dark comedy? Yeah. Wow. American dark comedy. I would have never guessed that. Uh, starring Miles Teller, Jonah Hill, Bradley Cooper was also involved. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was, it took place in 2005. And it's loosely based on a true story. The events of the movie took place in 2005. Mm-hmm. Which was yeah. yeah. So that being said, Luke, initial reaction. I personally liked it. A lot. Uh, more than I expect. I know. Yeah, coming off of Why Him, I, my expectations were kind of low for suggestions, but... Go fuck yourself. I did, like... <laughs> you first. Um, I was very impressed. I was very impressed, and we'll get into reasons later. Excellent. Justin? I liked it. A lot. Okay. I happen to love this movie. I think it's really well done. I think the acting is excellent. Mm-hmm. I am not normally a huge Jonah Hill fan. He's a love him or hate him kind of actor. And I don't, I don't hate him, but I don't love him. I'm actually usually pretty indifferent. If I see a movie coming out and it's like, oh, starring Jonah Hill, I'm kind of like, eh. Yeah, but I thought he was incredible in this. Yeah, he was, and he's never been one, of, in my opinion, at least, you know, one of those marquee like, you know, Tom Cruise in this movie. It's never been like, yeah, Jonah Hill in this, but he he outshines himself. In my opinion, in this movie, he did a pretty incredible job playing a difficult role. I, I, I'm assuming. I would agree. I think uh, he carried the movie. Um, he is kind of the the center, and everything centers around him and his uh, antics and his crazy little laugh that he does. But you know, typically for Jonah Hill, he doesn't play this type of role, and he was kind of a supporting actor for most of his career up until this point and then he went super skinny and then for some reason he transformed back to his more plump self and I feel like his acting just improved tenfold. So wait, after this he went super skinny? No, he went super skinny before, before this. this. Before this? Yeah, like 21 Jump Street, 22 Jump oh, okay. Street. He went, he got, okay, I got super you. healthy. Okay. So did Seth Rogen, so did a lot of the bigger... Con- I don't know if they're Canadian. I think Seth Rogen is, but I'm not sure about Jonah Hill. But that group of friends and actors. Um, and I felt like this this definitely was, in my opinion, his best acting performance to date. Yeah, I'd agree, but I only have super bad to go off of for his past performances. That's the only other set or, um, yeah. Accepted? Uh, oh, yeah, I have seen that. Yeah, he was he was the dude who dresses college. up in the big old hot yeah, dog what's suit. That? Ver, Vic, some some weird name. Yeah, yeah. I, I do I do remember that. Ask movie. me about totally, Mawina. But he that was totally was secondary in that movie. Totally secondary. Yeah, so, but I, yeah, I was impressed. He was probably best performance I've seen him do. I actually thought he did carry the movie, like Justin had said. Uh, his co-star was Miles Teller, who I personally love. I think he's a great up and coming. I type agree. actor. I loved him in this. I loved him in Whiplash. Yep. Great in Whiplash. Yep. Whiplash is incredible. And of course, it's always nice to see Bradley Cooper, in my opinion. So. Yeah, even though he had like those thick Coke bottle glasses. Yeah, and it looked like one of his eyes was like red. Like, I don't, I don't know. It was it was creepy to me. It seemed like one was bigger than the other. I don't know. Go ahead. So, you're fine. Uh, so, this is a story about two gentlemen in their early 20s 
who are actually high school and junior high school friends. They lost touch for a while, got back into contact at a funeral, and ended up winning a $300 million government contract selling arms. So it starts out with uh, Miles Teller's character that he is portraying as David Pacquiao. Pacquiao's. Pacquiao's, okay. And he is a college dropout who notes that he is not very close with his family. And he is doing massages in Miami Beach. But if you ask Ephraim, what is he really doing? Jerking off them. For money? Well, that kind of goes into my fir- the first thing I wrote down in my notes is this sorry it fell moment. You know, what was that all about? Was that dude trying when to... When the towel? Yeah. Well, I think it was a moment where, like, I'm not going to be outwardly gay and ask something to happen, but if a towel accidentally fell and something happened, then, yeah. you know... I it's, thought it could have been cool. that. I could have thought it could have been that, or it could have been just so insulting. Like, here's this poor massage therapist. I'm just going to make him feel awkward just for the hell of it. Well, I think we as the viewers were supposed to feel like this guy's in a bad situation, and and, they, and this is the kind of things he. Deals and this is the kind of things he deals with every day. Would it surprise you guys to know that the actual David Packhaus is that how you say it? Yes. Last name was cameoed in the movie. That would surprise me. Do you know when? I don't. Okay. All right. I'm surprised. He was. So in in one of the early scenes when Miles Teller is trying to sell bed sheets to an old age home and there is a gentleman playing music. The bald dude. Yes. Wow. No shit. That's David. Don't fear the reaper. Wow. That's actually him. Wow. Yeah. Right? Mind blown. Mind blown. Yeah. So. Can we talk about that moment for a second? Sure. How did you guys feel when the owner or maybe manager of the rest home was watching his nephew sing, who is apparently David Packhouse, and Miles Teller, playing David Packhouse, is trying to sell him sheets, and he compares the old people's skin to a lizard? Any thoughts there? Yeah, I felt it was inappropriate, but perhaps, you know... Think about maybe this guy had been in this line of work for a long time, and he'd been through a lot of crisis, a lot of uh, a lot of turmoil, and you finally eventually get to the point where you're kind of subdued and you know a little bitter at your job. It just seemed like somebody who needs to change their career because yeah. they're just becoming engulfed in it. Seemed like somebody who's really unhappy and probably yeah. not the person I would want running an old age home where my family lives. Absolutely not. Yeah, definitely not. And I agree. You don't wrap a lizard in cashmere, you know, but you do have respect for the elderly. But, you know, what I guess what I was really getting at is I feel like that moment set the tone for the rest of the movie. It kind of sets you up to see that bigger things are going to happen here because this path that he's on ends right now. Correct. Sure. And they had to establish that he was, I mean, they had to have the moment where whatever business he was currently in was obviously shown as a failure and it doesn't get much more failure than being turned down for your linens at a old age home that you invested all of your savings into buying yeah yeah it's so yeah it relayed that quite nicely i think so talking about the movie war dogs this is based on guy lawson's rolling stone book that he actually wrote after doing interviews with the folks that were involved. Okay. Interesting. Would you say that this was based off of Ephraim's character or off of David's? I'm going to have to say David's because he was narrating. Luke. At times it didn't sound like David's voice to me, but 
that's beside the point. I would say David's as well, only because Ephraim was painted in such a poor light. I feel like if Ephraim were narrating it, it he would not have been the overwhelming asshole he was. It would have been all David's yeah. fault. Yes, yeah, so exactly. Yeah, it was. So this actually was written with David's point of view. Ephraim actually tried to write his own book that got for you know overshadowed yeah. by this one in the movie. Obviously, picked up this particular. <laughs> That's storyline. Kind of that's kind of interesting. Yeah, it is. That's that is. That is interesting. I find it interesting that you know this took place in two thousand five to what two thousand eight. Yep, place over three years. So I was like eighteen to twenty one. So young, adult. I think this would have been something I heard about or paid attention you to. Probably never heard about any of no, it. No, you probably did. Just I mean, but definitely what, not. What what person at that age is really paying attention to the to the news crawl at the bottom of CNN? Well, I think when you hear some 20-something guys that are a couple years older than you are doing hundreds of millions of dollars of business with the government, it might have a slight impact. And you don't think that that was purposely not mainstream media? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of painting the government in a bad light that they didn't really Because this whole situation happened because the government tried to regulate how their contracts right. were bid on. Because at the end, didn't they say it, it was it was like a a study in the problems with the with within the government's procurement of Wait, arms. Wait, so you're saying the government doesn't do good business deals? Are you kidding? No. They, oh. Yeah. Hmm. Where have you been? <laughs> I don't know. Sleeping under okay, a rock, yeah. I guess. So, war dogs. The actual phrase, if you remember, Ephraim actually said that this means that they're the bottom feeders, who make money off of the war stepping without ever stepping onto the battlefield it was meant to be derogatory but they actually embraced it I thought that was kind of interesting think it's, yeah that is interesting I think it's appropriate an appropriate title too I kind of like when they gave the comparison of the crumbs the crumbs mm-hmm. versus the piece of I love pie. that yes. I think that's that was like the best way if you, had, if you had one or two sentences to sum up okay what do these guys do in this movie I, that would be included because that really just brought it all over So that's one of the, the quotes that I wrote down is, you know, he's shown him the Fed Biz Ops page and it says, you know, this is this is a whole pie and these are slices of the pie. He's, and he says, I live on the crumbs mm-hmm. like a fucking rat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he was happy. Mm-hmm. Super he happy. Proud of Making that. money. Yeah. And it makes sense. The way he explained it made sense because it's like flying under the radar and not going for the big contracts. I mean, that's how he did it by just accumulating massive amounts of crumbs. So it just, I don't know, that, that's... Eventually they add up. Yeah, that statement stood out to me as like a great way to sum up what they did. What did you think about the comparison that Miles Teller gave when he was narrating, so I guess David Packhouse did, between him and Ephraim? When he says when life kicked Ephraim down, he kicked back. But when life kicked David down, he just laid there. Appropriate. Initially. Initially. Yeah. Do you feel like Ephraim had had an impact on David and not just financially, but turned him into a different person? Yes, I'd I'd have to agree with that. Slightly. I I think the most impactful statement that was made early on that really stood out to me was that, I don't remember specifically, but that Ephraim could turn himself into whoever you wanted him to be. 
And that that's that's what stood out to me the most right there. Or what he thought other people wanted yeah, him to be. Like I said, I didn't yeah. I didn't know. Right, exactly depending what on who he's talking to, he's either wearing a yarmulke or he's using yeah. Christianity or whatever it was, depending on who he was trying to get something yeah. from. But just like you said, class A narcissist mm-hmm. and I totally agree with you. I feel there's no redeeming qualities whatsoever to Ephraim. Um, Other than his laugh. His laugh was calm. I mean, yeah. Jonah Hill's laugh kills me every, every time, time in this movie. And I've seen this movie uh, so many times. Is it? It can't. It, it had to be that way for just the movie. That can't be his real laugh. Because we've heard, I don't know, does he laugh in any other movies we've seen? Not like that. Know, does everybody want to give laugh. the laugh a try? I don't know. I had never heard that laugh out of him. Oh, I me either. It was ridiculous. It's hysterical. Absolutely ridiculous. So would it surprise you guys to know that the website that they're talking about in the movie actually exists? No, it would not. Yeah, I'm with Justin, it wouldn't. So in the movie, they talk about it being fedbizops.com or some crap like that. It's actually fbo.gov. That sounds right. And it is a a federal government procurement site for arms and military. Yeah, I 100% don't doubt it because myself for work, I go through the state. Correct. So and one of the things same they emphasize several times is that and, I'm sorry, know, it, it is a public website too. So yeah, anybody well, one of the things it. that they they emphasize is that is how I'm sure you're shocked that this exists, but it really does. So I mean, if, when they said that, I I felt it has to exist. Yeah, I had to look it up, and that's crazy to me that it does exist. But at the same time, after seeing this movie through all the way to the credit crawl, it's not crazy to me. Does it make anybody a little unnerved that by next year the company AEY could actually start? Bidding on federal government arms deals again? You mean AEY? AEY? Mm-hmm. Even though they defrauded the government? That was the, the they last. They were banned until. Involved supposed terrorists in the deal? 14 years was the punishment. They couldn't, they couldn't uh, bid on government jobs. Well, if anybody's looking for a new startup in 2022, give Ephraim a call. The punishments in general mm-hmm. stuck out to me. White collar crime. What? The actual fuck. 71, you said, it says 70, but it's actually 71 federal crimes, federal accounts of fraud. Correct. And dude ends up spending four years in prison. Yes. Yes. And David, for his role, spent seven months house arrest, right? Yes. Yeah, he probably uh, turned in state's evidence as well. They just didn't say that. There's also no contract between them. So there's no, I mean, there's no written documentation as to what he was involved in. True. Very it true. just really stood out to me, like, how? I'm... You mean, Luke, you don't think it's fair that you can create mass panic within the government by defrauding them for hundreds of million dollars and only do a couple, couple years? No, but, I don't. you know, I, I think have a little bag of weed in your pocket and do the same amount of time? Uh, no, I don't. I think, I think the system might be broken. The system, you know, it's there's there's a distinct possibility of okay. broken in that regard. I think you might be around to something there. Yeah. Call the press. Yeah. <laughs> so does it surprise you the name of the title of the book is The Rolling Stone? Interesting. It does. Do you know why? No, I don't. I don't know why. Well, okay. Were, I'll tell you. They're rolling in the money, and they were stoners. And they absolutely did smoke blunts before going in and meeting with government officials Gosh, and funny. heads of the military that did happen that was fact checked I, I laughed my we, I laughed my ass off when Jonah Hill sits there and he's like wait wait a second hold on one of you guys just said that <laughs> we lowballed that for some reason that Can just really stood out to me yes sure because sure. okay this was my first time seeing this movie and obviously you guys have seen it a couple times 
Um, it seemed to me like the cocaine aspect for Ephraim was going to have some kind of a payoff. Like, uh, I don't know, it seemed like the cocaine usage was at first kept ambiguous. Like, you weren't sure if who was using it. I, I want to say there was a scene where you weren't sure who was using it. And then it got to the point where it seemed like Ephraim was using more. He was getting more irrational. The scene I'm pointing to is the one where he has his new hires. And he was also getting more money. He was also getting more money, yeah. But it just seemed like uh, there was such... There was an emphasis on the coke, and there was never a payoff. It never got mentioned, even after everything came to light with their crimes. It is, it is Miami, man. Well, it was... Scarface's backyard. It was fact-checked that he was doing coke. That was actually pretty normal of his character and his actual person in real life. Um, Luke, I'm glad you brought up that scene. I actually want to talk about that scene at AEY when he goes ballistic on the employee for showing him up in front of the other employees. About IBM. About IBM. What was your guys' take on that scene? Realistic? Over the top? I think it was realistic in the sense that that's exactly what I would have expected from Ephraim at that point in time, Mm -hmm. based on what they have shown us and who he is and what his character is and stands for. He's not your typical businessman educated anything like that he's a little bit of a street smart sleaze bucket but get shit done i felt his sanity was slipping at that point that his he knew they were involved in huge dealings and they were just a small tiny company and i felt like at that point his sanity was slipping and because of the references to drugs he was using that as a method to cope that's my impression of it is that he was using it as a coping mechanism and he flipped out on the dude about the IBM acronym. And it was appropriate because they had to show us something where he was losing it. Like I said, the sanity slippage. Well, and to be fair, they were working through the night because at times at 1 o'clock a.m. it was, what, actually 8.30 a.m. or Something like that. 9 a.m. in Baghdad. At 1 o'clock, at 1.30 was 9 a.m. in Baghdad. Yeah. Would it surprise you guys to know that Ephraim had left Florida to go to L.A. because he was kicked out of high school and never finished high school? It would not. He working for his uncle, but he the never... The he stole the $70,000 from Did so, he actually steal it, though? Or did the uncle steal from him? I think it was implied he did. I, I think it was implied that he did. Yeah. Um, but I didn't see anything on the fact, checking on whether that was true or not. However, I do think it was interesting that he is a high school, not so much dropout, but was kicked out of high school... And David was a one semester of college dropout. dropout. And these guys were making so much money. But even more importantly, AEY in the movie, he says, stands for nothing. That's not true. He does. What, oh, it's not true. It's not true. Okay, well, what does it stand A-E-Y. for? Wait, do you want to take a guess? Hold on. American Enterprises. Yo. American Enterprises. <laughs> yo. Okay. That's my answer. That's what cocaine does for you. <laughs> So it was actually started by Ephraim's father, and AEY were the initials of his kids. No shit. Okay. So when he says it doesn't stand for anything, it means nothing. It's not true. It's not true. Well, and it, he's he's extra sensitive about it, and especially if he's not even a high school graduate, and someone is showing him up in his meeting. It makes a little bit more sense combined with the coke and the narcissism and the empowerment why he blew up the way he did. So why do you think that they chose to change that specific narrative? That's interesting. Maybe it would uh, First thing that comes to my mind is that it would have added a depth of realism to Ephraim's To character. the character. And he's 
supposed to be the antagonist. Correct. And even more of an antagonist than uh, Henry Gerard, was his name? Yes. Yeah, it's... Um, the With the initials thing, the one thing I want to touch on is it seemed like AEY was never really a legit company. The first time David goes and visits as a post-it note on the door, crooked. Gotta start AUI somewhere. On it. Yeah, it, so it made sense to me when he said it doesn't stand for anything. So it's surprising to me to hear that it does. Yeah, because if it, I mean, it's surprising to me, I didn't even know if it was a real company. And then at the end of the movie when it says, yeah, that in 2022 they can start bidding again. But it was a real company that was not started by Ephraim. Because if you remember when he was talking to, to David earlier in the movie, he says that he branched off from his uncle and started his own thing. I do. But that's also not true. So he's actually working with his dad, not his uncle? It wasn't started by him. It was okay. started by family. Got it. Got it. So I just thought that was an interesting uh, behind the scenes huh. informational piece. I like it. Yeah. It just it adds a little more of a talking point to Efren's character when you kind of put these in here as like a why. Like, I think it kind of it. degrades him a little more. Yeah, it does. You have a point there. I also think putting a family connection adds a level of either hurt or or some kind of personality to him other than just obnoxious. Yeah, and it makes it kind of look like he's not just out for the money, that this is kind of a, like... Like you said, adds like a level of of family to him, and that almost adds a level of sympathy Mm -hmm. that you could have for him. And I have very a very hard time drumming up any sympathy for his character whatsoever. I felt he was very obnoxious, very um, unlikable. You didn't have sympathy for him when the guy ripped him off for three hundred bucks. I mean, he did not get his money back. That guy ran. No, because his, his. Okay, that scene served one purpose, and that was just to show David that there was this whole new world out there. And, it's and this guy gives no fucks. fucks. Yes, yeah. exactly. Well Jinx. Well both of you. Jinx okay, can I add something in real quick? Please do. So in the beginning of the movie, when um, David Packhouse is narrating, the character is narrating and talking about war, and when you look at a soldier, you know, he sees dollar signs and stuff like that. I love that part. They're, That's great. They're yeah. throwing out some shocking terms, and the one that stood out to me the most is just for the AC to keep the troops comfortable oh. while they weren't in an active fight cost taxpayers $4.5 billion. Yep. That... Mm-hmm. That was, I thought that was a brilliant statistic to throw out there just to show something minute, something like not essential so much in the life support fashion, but something that's kind of like an extra amenity. Yeah, we're not talking about gasoline. We're not talking about ammo or anything. Food, water, drinking water. Soldiers should be comfortable in, you know, one of the hottest areas in the world, but... Yeah, I thought that was brilliant. So then did you find it interesting when they get to meet the captain, Captain Santos, and he's chilling and he has a fan on him, not air conditioning, and sweating bullets. So it's like not everywhere had air conditioning, really only parts. Him. You didn't like him? That was a joke about him having a fan on him. It was a lame one. But I'm done. Edit that out. We'll keep the dad jokes. No, that's pretty terrible. So let's talk about the levels of the financial aspects of the contracts. So the first major contract was the Beretta deal. Yes, it was. And that was 10 times bigger than anything they'd ever done before, and that was $600,000, the Beretta deal. Because he said that David would make The profit was 600000 yeah. David would make 180000 on that. Correct, with his 30%. Yeah. Correct. And then they moved up to the Afghan deal, which was $300 million. 
that's a huge, huge jump. I think there was some kind of montage in between then that kind of showed their growth, like their office growth, their personal growth with the uh, matching cars, guns, and ammo. And he did, I think he did state at one point too, like they gained some notoriety after driving through the triangle of death yeah. and hand delivering. I mean, I do agree with you. On paper, it looks, yeah, it, but it's it a massive jump. And they weren't prepared for it. It's only over three years. Uh, no, it was over 18 months. Oh, really? Because they stopped the oh, yeah. partnership before that, and it didn't come until it wasn't until the full investigation. So the start of the movie to the they were arrested was three years, but they stopped being partners crazy. after eighteen months. Yeah, it's, I don't know why, but it just imply, it seems to imply longer to me. I mean, good for yeah. David Packhouse. He went from you know giving HJs and <laughs> well, I mean that's what was implied. I know. But they, H- for seventy dollars an hour to seventy five. Seventy five, sorry. Seventy five. Plus so, tip, right? No. Intended. No pun intended. <laughs> to making hundreds of thousands of dollars. I mean. Seemed like life was on the right track for him. How realistic was it that he came back from Albania and showed up at his ex now girlfriend's house and said, I'm done, I'm going back to being a massage therapist. And she just takes him back? Yeah, how realistic is that? I think that was hella realistic because he had just been kidnapped, (laughs) thrown in a trunk, a bag put over his head, then gun in his face. I think I'd be done with the game, too. No, not about the game being done. Not about him getting his light turned on. We're talking about her. Her, I thought the question was taking him back. The question's all of it. Okay, taking him back, I I felt like that was bullshit. I felt like that was total bullshit. I felt like she was done the second... She left with the kid in the bags and everything. I felt that that was the, the woman's way of saying, you know what, no, this is this ship has sailed. You've lied to me for the last time. I don't care if you show up at my door with a broken nose and a confession. I'm not just going to hug you and, you know, kiss your neck. But she just wanted him to be honest. And he was don't honest. They all? Would it surprise you guys to know that they're married? Wow. Yeah. Is and David are married? 50 could be. Yeah, That's so they did. They did end up getting married. They reconciled. They did reconcile. They, nice. do have, they live with their daughter and very happily married. He is a massage therapist. Sure, that briefcase full of yes. cash. Yeah, what happened to that briefcase full of cash? Is that real? That's not real. Are you so, sure? Yes. So mm-hmm. there's mm-hmm. a pretty big thing to make up. Mm-hmm. So there was a few things that were the Hollywood dramatizations, okay. where it's you know, hey, this is loosely based on a true story. So some of the fake things. They never drove through the triangle of death in Jordan. That <laughs> none of it? Happen. So the guns never got seized, none of that stuff? That all happened, but they were not, David and Ephraim were not there. They never saw any action outside of their computers. Well, I got a bravo to Hollywood because that was like a turning point in the movie for me. I got me. a bone to pick with Hollywood for, I mean, throwing that in under the based on a true story. That's like a huge plot point. What was true, though was that the driver that was David's driver in Albania Bashkim did go missing and was murdered however David was never in Albania where did he drive him interestingly enough there was actually a third friend that was part of this AEY that's not shown in the movie and it's not Ralph Slutsky nope his name is Alex Podrisky I apologize if I just butchered your name um he was the third, and he was the contact in Albania. He's the one that actually met with... Henry? Henry. Okay. Who is a real person, but there are no photographs of him. Is that his There's real no name? Photo- Henrik... Um, oh. Henrik 
Vomit? Is it like he's Swit? He's from Switzerland. Is it like Heinrich? Yeah, okay. maybe yeah. Heinrich. Heinrich? Okay. Yeah, von Lichtenstein. <laughs> no, it's not. Oh, sorry. Anyway, um, he never had David kidnapped. Okay. David was never kidnapped. Because he was never in Albania, like you said. Okay. Correct. So that whole opening and closing scenes with the movie of him being kidnapped and attacked and then him coming back to Is and changing his whole idea of what he was doing didn't happen. So then how did the partnership break down? So the partnership actually did not break down because Ephraim wanted to cut... David out. Henry out. That was Hollywood. The partnership, that was Hollywood completely. Henrik was involved and actually is a Swiss arms dealer. Wow. However, Ephraim tried to screw David, which they showed in the movie. And that's where their friendship and their partnership fell apart. So it's just solely for the money? Solely for the money. Got it. So the scene where they were meeting with their third associate, the business partner, the... In the diner, Ralph. Ralph. That didn't happen. That informant scene did not happen. They did meet in a diner, but they each had their own attorneys to try and work through it. So there is no financial backer? No. That's interesting. So why do you think they pulled the third person out? Is it because they had no information or input from that person? They do, because he was very much a part of this book being written and this movie taking place. My head hurts. They just didn't... (laughs) Include him. And what's interesting is as much a part of this as he was, he got 10 months of probation. Wow. Wow is right. What, I is mean, he in witness protection now? Because if I guess if he was dealing with Henry and people, people know Heinrich and they know he was dealing with Heinrich, then maybe he did turn in evidence. Well, it also explains why Heinrich is on the watch list because he tried to oh. smuggle guns from Zimbabwe which is against US sanctions and therefore he couldn't make any government deals directly. But I have a question. Mm-hmm. How can you watch somebody if you don't even know what the fuck he looks like? Well, if you look at David in real life versus Miles Teller, they don't look anything alike. No, but I'm saying Heinrich, they don't know what he looks like at all, right? That's what you said. So they don't even have a photo of him. How is he on a watch list? Yeah, if they don't even know who he yeah. is, how do you watch him? Well, how do you surveil his name? The name? The organization, I guess. Maybe they know members of the organization. Heinrich, if you're listening, I got some questions for you. (laughs) And you know, none of these points you're making like discount my opinion of the movie. No, I find them actually pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah. But they're kind of making my head spin a bit. They are like it turns the whole narrative, and it makes it seem like a lot of this is creativity, and I think it was done pretty well. I think it was too. It's I'm not under different circumstances. I might be angry, like you know, we were just lied to, and they and they threw the banner based on a true story under it. But I still feel like this. Even though they changed things, it still tells the story pretty well. Yeah, and that's probably why I'm not. I'm not upset or it doesn't or I feel like slighted by this movie but it, these are interesting facts though another fun fact because I'm full of trivial knowledge Ephraim when he came out of jail in 2015 sued Warner Brothers for this no movie. shit no shit no shit <laughs> wow because, because he, defamation? he published his own book that was called Once a Gunrunner and because he was trying to get his movie made and War Dogs was made in place, he sued Warner Brothers. Wow. That's interesting. So that was 2015 he got out. Mm -hmm. So he served four years. So he got arrested in 2008, must have went to court for three years. I mean, how could you fight something for that long? 
So another of the fact-checking pieces that I want to bring up is the fact of how they were actually caught. So Enver, who was the box shipping guy to get the Chinese arms re-boxed, repackaged, and sent out, actually did call the U.S. government to report a crime that he was not paid his $100,000 for his services. And that was the whole reason, that was the whole catalyst On a $300 million job. Yeah. Correct. Because, and the whole reason they got caught is because Ephraim wouldn't pay him. But I guess that tells and you everything Ephraim you need to know about Ephraim. Him, they wouldn't have gotten nailed. Right. That what a is, douche. I mean, there's no other conclusion you can draw. I mean, where he, would they be at now? Yeah, that's a good question. Halliburton status? Yeah. I mean, they rose so fast. It's, it's possible. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely is. So, question on this. What do you think that the budget was for this movie? Ooh. Okay, all right. I love this. I'm going to go 62000 or $62 million. Okay. Justin? The number that popped into my head was 54. 50 million was the budget. So pretty close, you guys. Thank so you, thank you. box office guesses? 2016 movie? Mm-hmm. If I remember right, I don't think people raved about this movie until it came out on DVD, right? So I'm thinking it didn't do very well in box office and then it kind of had developed its own following once it hit Blu-ray I'm DVD. Guess 77 you're really close on these. You're really good at this. What do you think? I think Siri's sneaking him the answers no, over there. Are you kidding? Look. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was gonna go with somewhere in the ballpark of a hundred. So. So at box office was eighty six point two million. Okay. Nice. Decent. I remember the first time we did this, I was right on. Yes. You were. You were. Any Dream thoughts up. about the gross? Mm, so internationally plus. No, just U.S. gross. U.S. gross. So the U.S. gross post box office was forty-three million. Oh, so it's DVD and Blu-ray sales and digital downloads. Correct. Wow, almost as much as box office. That's pretty good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, last point I want to make is I love the soundtrack. Oh, yeah, so it was, good. It was pretty. Epic. It was so diverse. It had so many different great songs through it. I just had to point that out. That I really loved the soundtrack. I did too. It really did a great job of setting the mood. I've I found myself several times, um, kind of, uh, yeah, jiving. Exactly. Just like kind of found myself tapping my feeling feet. Feeling yourself. Yeah, there were just a couple of songs that were just you know if you're like a '90s baby, that kind of just stuck out to you. So, or first, even first one was the Beastie Boys. Uh, what you want? That one just set the set the tone for. I don't think I could ever listen to that song and not move. I mean, that'd be a form of torture for me. Well, it goes from fear the, Don't Fear the Reaper to the Beastie Boys yeah. to Pitbull. Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty diverse. Pretty diverse. Definitely. I'll give you that. All right, gentlemen. That being said, ratings out of 100. Um, I'll go first. Oh, uh, we're doing A through F. I thought. That's right. Yeah. I always forget. Rate, rate how you see appropriate. Okay. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give this a B plus. Ooh. And hey. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I can't think of one aspect of this movie that I really could say I did not like. Um, I was very interested in what was going on the screen. Uh, so there's nothing negative I could really say. It just didn't really like explode into A status for me, I guess is what I'm saying. So there's okay. no fault of the movie at all. It just, uh, it's, I'm giving it a B plus because I think it was a, it was a pretty fantastic movie. So based on the notoriety, you think it's uh it didn't get 
earn a lot of money or a huge following. Well, these kind of movies, based on true story movies, they're either one or the other. They either explode and gain that cult following and become like, you know, kind of a, uh, a household name while they're in theaters and go word of mouth, or they fall into the eventually get cult status when people start giving them a chance. And this seemed to, I don't know, fall somewhere in the middle based on the status, based on what you gave us. Is this a movie you could watch multiple times and still enjoy it? I think so. I think I would agree. I like this movie. I've seen this movie multiple times. Um, I think the acting was phenomenal. I think the storyline, even knowing that a lot of it came from creative writing, um, did a really good job leading us to the end and um, telling the narrative. I love, I think one of my favorite aspects is the actual narration in the movie and the cut scenes where they basically give us like the one sentence and, you know, setting the tone for what you're about to see. For some reason, even though it was like, some of it wasn't even a full sentence. It just made a difference in my opinion. You know what I mean? It made a huge difference. So for my rating, I give this movie uh, a minus. Um, it's it's a movie that I can watch anytime and every time. I laugh at it. I mean, it pulls me in even though I've seen it. I feel like I pick up on something new every time. And the only reason it's not an A plus um, is probably because I felt like Is was a little bit of a waste of a character. Yeah. You know, it's interesting is that uh, David's wife actually helped consult with Iz's character because she's based completely on his spouse. Wow, that's really? Pretty, that's pretty yeah. deep for the yeah. movie to go that that length. Yeah. Interesting. So I give it an A. It's, I love this movie. I love everything about this movie. I love that it's based on a true story. I love that it's ridiculous. It's over the top. It is... I think it's funny. I think there's... <laughs> while Jonah Hill is definitely the antagonist of the movie i think he also carries the movie and is my favorite part of the movie yeah his laugh kills me I, I'd, have to, I'd have to agree he he did come off of, as an antagonist but also at the same time it was he's pretty enjoyable just he to was. witness yeah he was and it was nice to see them actually it seemed like at some points they were actually having fun during the movie you know i'm sure these two young actors had fun playing these roles together and I think we saw that in the one spot when they're dancing and they're showing David actually dancing like he looked like he was in the mood yeah 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 I agree. so we have a B plus an A minus and an A which gives us Justin <gasps> drum roll please an A minus an A minus okay Yay. I think that's our highest rating to date well thanks everybody yeah. thank you both for Taking the time to watch this with me. Luke's Thank you for on. choosing it. Luke's signing off, yeah. It was a great choice. I Have agree. a great night, everybody. Bye. Bye.